Welcome to another episode of the Property Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stockbridge. Every episode, we bring you the first principles of real estate, interviews with the identities and influences that are making their mark on the real estate community and bringing you hints and tips that we hope helps you make and save tens of thousands of dollars on your real estate journey. The coronavirus tracking app has been a controversial issue both here in Australia and around the world. Those that support an app of this kind contend that such an app can more safely facilitate the reopening of our economy and society and bring us back to normal quicker, whilst opponents refer to the loss of civil liberties that a tracking app of this kind normalises and perpetuates. I am of the latter. I feel that a tracking app is tantamount to having an ankle bracelet on, whilst my guest Rick Carter holds a very different view on the subject. Now, Rick has been a guest on the podcast here before. Ringmaster at Innovation in the City, an in-person and online community of influencers, innovators and business identities, Rick also relishes nurturing the entrepreneurial talents of students from across the world at Carnegie Mellon University's Adelaide campus and now heads up Moonshots, a collaborative business community developing entrepreneurs of all ages. And it's this latest venture that has manifested itself in a podcast co-hosted by veteran broadcaster Mark Aston, called The Second Act. The Second Act is all about emancipating the entrepreneurial spirit from those in their 40s, 50s, 60s and beyond. But this podcast was all about the coronavirus tracking app and those that are similar that are being rolled out all around the world. I would say that Rick and I are otherwise fairly well aligned politically, which made me all the more surprised at how far apart we were on this particular issue. His recent Facebook posts seemed to be in complete contrast to mine, and this got me thinking how two people who were otherwise so similar could be so far apart on this one. So I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you do too. And joining me on the podcast now is Rick Carter. Rick, thanks so much for joining me. Always a pleasure to join you, Dave. <laughs> Rick, so um, we've, we've been talking, I've noticed your posts online, uh, you've been very vocal in your support, um, almost condemning of those that uh, that aren't keen on the tracker app, the, the COVID-19 tracker app. Um, but uh, And, and I'm, I'm somewhat curious because I was thinking, in most ways, I, I would describe your politics as a, a classic liberal. Um, you've got a libertarian bent um, to, to, to your way of thinking. You've, you're very independently minded. You're not necessarily easily herded into the, the side of the majority. Um, and, uh, and I would say that, uh, by and large, you're, you're, um, you would be one of these people that typically wants less government intervention um, in, in life, in business, um, and to let the free market do its thing uh, more often than not. So I'd say in our politics, we're not a million miles apart, but on this particular issue, uh, there is somewhat of a divide, which made me even more curious, Rick. So um, now, in noticing your posts online, um, you've you've addressed many of the concerns that somebody like me may have around the technology. Uh, so it, it seems to me you've got a feeling that most people don't understand the technology behind it, uh, first and foremost, that it's not perhaps as intrusive using Bluetooth rather than, uh, uh, say, the same tracking or GPS tracking that perhaps the, the cellular giants might be using already. Um, you've also um, made mention of, well, if you've already got social media apps, then, you know, what are you so concerned about your privacy for? And um, and have and I, and I think that they're pretty much the themes that seem to ring true with people that are very much in support of it. But I don't want to put words in your mouth, Rick. Maybe if you can um, share your thoughts with us as to why you are so vocal in your support with it uh, primarily, and then we perhaps can get into the mechanics of it all. Um, yes, well, I think you've pretty well summed a lot of it up. Uh, my, my thinking, I think it was highlighted by the fact that all the people complaining about privacy and Big Brother and tracking and all this bullshit mm. are doing it on Facebook. Yeah. Hello? Is anybody awake? <laughs> so well, how do you counter uh, the feeling that, well, now this app in Australia, and we, we do have a larger listenership around the world because 
apps of this nature are being rolled out around the world right now. So uh, you mentioned off air, I, I do have a, a, a bit of a conspiracy theorist bent to my thinking. And, and, my, and my thinking is uh, around a couple of things here. So first and foremost, you, and, and Rick, you, you'd be testament to this. You know how slow governments typically move yep. on anything. And yep. yet a week after a flu uh, that's come out that uh, at that stage was statistically it was anomal an, an anomaly. It wasn't, wasn't what it... Uh, well, has become, but at that stage, very, very early days, all of the Western governments around the world, in concert, almost cooperation, rolled out massive stimulus packages, extremely generous stimulus packages, um, simultaneously around the world. Now, knowing how slow governments work, I would have to assume that perhaps they had that already organised and ready to go. Uh, there's already been a lot of forethought given to what happens or what trigger event do we need in order to have the political cover, the excuse to roll out these pretty major stimulus packages in order to stimulate an economy that most pundits would suggest never recovered after the GFC of 2008-9. So that's number one. Number two, uh, I would say that um, Almost, and, and within a month and a half, uh, the same countries are now rolling out these apps. Now, all with slightly different technology behind them. Some do use the cellular networks, some do use GPS, some, uh, unlike ours, uh, or some like ours are using Bluetooth. Um, but there's a form of this app, which is a, a tracking app of some kind. And of course, we know China's experience with this over recent times, and that's, and how that type of app has evolved into the social credit scoring system that they've uh, now got in place in a lot of their major major cities. So um, I, I was a little bit concerned that perhaps they've had the stimulus package rolled out, bang, ready to go, and then these apps. And so the conspiracy theorist in me does just think, well, there's two pretty big um, things that have happened all under the cover of COVID-19. Um, so that that is some of my thinking. What, what would you say to somebody like me that suggests that that might be uh, one of the reasons why they wouldn't jump on the app? Well, firstly, I'm not interested in conspiracy theories because of one thing. It has the word theory. I'm not into theories. I'm into practical. Yeah. So theories, so, forget about it. You know, what, what happens, what works, what doesn't work, let's get on with it. Yeah. Secondly, um, secondly, I guess... Um, well, I've, I always say, um, uh, I'm trying to think what I always say now, uh, never rely on the government. To, if, you, if you never rely on the government to do anything, you'll never be disappointed. Mm, mm. And I believe in that. Yeah. So in a case like this, the reason that governments don't do things generally is because they're very risk averse. Yes. So in this set of circumstances, they've been extremely risk averse. Mm. And it probably wasn't a bad thing to do in terms of the spread of the virus. Mm -hmm. um, I would have liked all that messaging about staying home, put the blinds down and all that sort of, you know, watch Netflix and binge on uh, binge on unhealthy <laughs> food. I would have liked the message to have been, here's a great opportunity, guys, to build your immune system. Mm. This is how you eat better. This is how you exercise. This is how we, we address the major the major catastrophe in health that's heading our way, and that's called obesity. Mm. But unfortunately, we didn't do that. So I gave up on beating that drum. <laughs> and I just figure when you're dealing with the public servants who, I mean, and let's put it this way, the public servants are the ones who lead the politicians. I yes, mean, we know that all the time. Yeah. And they're risk averse. So here's a, here's a crisis for them that's just made for them. Mm. Do nothing, folks. Do nothing. Do nothing. They love it. That's their favourite message because it means they don't have to do a lot either. Yeah. So when there starts to become some light at the end of the tunnel, and not that this has really impacted me at all, I, I do pretty much the same um, every day now as I ever did. I go into the office every day. I talk to people in the office. I go for a bike ride. I go for walks. Mm. And I go shopping. Yeah. I'm just I'm just cautious about not letting anyone sneeze all over me. Yeah. And, ge and, and generally, that's a pretty good thing to do. <laughs> that's a good policy, yeah. <laughs> uh, so when they come along with something that says, we need to improve the tracing, because once we're able to trace it, if another virus breaks out, we're able to shut it down. Mm. So I go, okay, let's support, let's give them what they want. If they want to be able to trace better, let's look at how they're going to do it. Mm. 
this seems to be a very viable way of doing it and a very non-intrusive way. Once I had a look at what it does, it's Bluetooth. So it doesn't really know where you are. Mm -hmm. It only knows who you're close to. Yep. Uh, there will be an act of parliament at the moment. At the moment, they're operating under the emergency uh, legislation, state of emergency, where they can do these things. By decree. Hmm. But, in, uh, but in two weeks, there will be an act of parliament that pretty well protects everything uh, with it, in it, and whatever. And, and with due respect to all those people that have got stuff to hide, I don't, so I don't actually care. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm happy to publish all my details on a billboard and put it up in Victoria Square. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I was running companies and employing people, I used to publicise all their salaries and post them on the notice board. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not into secrets. Secrets. Secrets don't motivate anybody to do anything. Yeah. So if people aren't open, um, well, I, I, I feel a bit sorry for them. Um, so, you know, I, I, I have no plans to be a drug dealer or, you know, do anything that's uh, illegal that I don't want people tracking me. Nobody so I look at all no. those things and I went, hey, they're saying if we get 20, 30, 40% of people, clearly we'll open things up a lot. Mm. And I'm saying, well, we haven't had any success of getting to open things up much, although I must I must admit South Australia's done a lot better in openness mm -hmm. than those gross, great socialist states of Victoria and Queensland who, uh, you know, won't let you play golf, won't let you cross the road. Mm. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm very pleased compared to everybody else that we've been very liberal. Mm. And interestingly... We've probably been the most successful outside of New, uh, Northern Territory and, you know, really there's not enough people across a huge space to, to really count the Northern Territory. Mm. So, yeah. that's, so that's my reasoning. I mm. just want to get on with it. Yeah. So uh, and I don't see any way of convincing these people that we need to get on with it other than just going, okay, let's do this. Yeah. So, um, so my, uh, I wouldn't say it was a conspiracy that every Western government in the world rolled out a stimulus package within weeks of this uh, COVID-19 situation evolving. And I wouldn't say it was a conspiracy theory that these apps popped up simultaneously around the world within. And granted, I, I, the technology is readily available. And so it would have been a suggestion uh, across the table at some point as an easy to implement way of tracking people, given that people are essentially walking around with the tracking device in their pocket already. So mm -hmm. I can I can see that that would have evolved very, very quickly. My, my concern is, and, and in Australia, they're going to great lengths to assure people that this isn't the case but and that's because of the bluetooth and and because of the acts of parliament that will protect people's privacy which um which are, are terrific measures and, and and perhaps should serve as models to other nations but it's very very clear as you look across the board that we are unique in that circumstance um and that most governments have uh, uh, a a a more profound ability to be able to track people's movements and that it's not exactly clear that that functionality will be removed once the app is necessarily removed in some cases. And so there, there does seem to be a will on the behalf of the bureaucracy or the government to, uh, to have uh, people familiar uh, with the concept of being tracked by the government. Now, People that make the point around uh, Facebook, social media, once you've got that, or an iPhone or an Android device in your pocket anyway, but it is a choice to have one of those devices, although it's becoming increasingly difficult to run your life without one in your pocket, granted, but you can just go buy a you know, a $39 um, uh, cheap mobile phone at, uh, at, a, at a department store and, and uh, run your life like you did in 1997. Uh, you can... You could do that if you want to. So it is a choice that people do these things. And early on, the government wasn't talking about this being a choice. They were talking broadly about this being implemented and uh, almost compulsory if you had a device that was capable of it. And and that that is my fear, that the lurch is initially to, um, to have this more... Uh, implemented more broadly implemented and then the pushback from the public uh, brought our government back but of course there, there are governments around the world that aren't necessarily so uh, sensitive to public sentiment and so my fear is that we are we may have finally tipped the balance from people living in western free nations to now having technology that makes them readily trackable by the government not by a, a private company now if you 
have are on social media you've made a decision you've agreed to the terms and conditions that yep look yep this is what's probably going to happen with my uh, information now having said that a few uh, only two or three short years ago with the um uh, pretend, uh, uh, the Analytica uh, scandal with Facebook, people were outraged, absolutely outraged at the thought that this information was going to be mishandled because it was in such a way that they never thought was actually possible. Now, now we're we're all aware that this is uh, not just possible but largely probable. And so, although when we sign those things to say that you know we 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 do give away some of our rights uh, with respect to our privacy, but we do so willingly. If such an app was compulsory, then uh, would you be so supportive of it, Rick? I wouldn't care. You still wouldn't care? You'd be quite if happy if the government said you needed to be tracked and anchored okay. bracelet? Okay, let, let, let me give an example now. Mm -hmm. The government says we want to give every citizen in Australia 50 bucks Yep to go and spend in their local economy, somewhere close to where they live. Yeah. Or a particular type of store, you know, not not white but and whatever. You know, the local cafes and whatever, to get things moving. Yeah. And to do that, and to get that money, you need to download this app and then present your phone with the app on it when you buy at the copy shop. Mm-hmm. Would you do it? Uh, no, I wouldn't. And, and partly because... I think once you're compelling people to do something, you're doing so because you don't trust their, you don't trust them, you don't trust their judgment, you don't. There's an element of trust that's been lost, and there's that phrase, you know, un untrusting people or untrustworthy. And with respect to that, the government's being particularly untrustworthy if if they're implementing something like that. If they were giving the, away the money to be spent. Uh, regionally, then they they would only do so if they trusted that people would do the right thing. Otherwise, all yeah, of a but, sudden, but, you've but, got... but hang on, hang on, hang on. We we know inherently, inherently, and in this state more than any, mm. the number of people you can trust, you can count on one hand. People mm. don't trust each other. That's yep. the problem we've got in this economy right now. Yep. So, so, so saying, oh, we'll give you fifty bucks and we'll trust you to do the right thing with it. That it won't happen. It. They'll put it in their pocket. They'll go to the bloody pokies. They'll do whatever. Yeah. So, so is it? Is it? So, in this case, then it's the government not trusting people to do what they would like them to do, and so no. they have a have a ways or means of uh, being able to track it to ensure that they do and then if they don't what would be so when you extrapolate these things and then they don't so then there's got to be a penalty regime in place and then that's got to be no, 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 it sounds to me like you've got no idea what this app does with due respect um so my understanding of the app is that um it's a bluetooth enabled app that um it doesn't provide any personal details or information um specifically um to um to anybody uh, else, unless uh, it, the government receives it, uh, in only in the event that there's a, a trace required, and then they can uh, pin you at least the individuals down without having tracked their specific um, uh, their locations. It tells them who they've been near, when they were approximately were near those people, and then that enables the government to go and uh, knock on those doors, let those people know that. Uh, yep, you've come across somebody that uh, has been infected or that there's a chance and, you know, start taking mitigating measures after that. So, well, Dave, that's a lot better than, than most people are against it. Most people are against it. I've read the headline, yeah. jumped to 98 assumptions and moved on. Yeah. What, what actually happens, my understanding, and I've read a reasonable amount about it, is if... You present with all the Thank you again to everybody who's been to tuning into the podcast. We've now had over right. 10,000 downloads, so positive, if you're enjoying what you're listening the to on the podcast, you've certainly found a home here. So please you got the app stay on your tuned phone. to more episodes and you go, yeah, of the and they go, well, simply by subscribing now on the podcast provider of your choice. So that you I'm Dave Real and we'll look forward to bringing you more next time where you've been in the last couple of weeks, who you've come into contact with and who you haven't. Which is impossible. It is just impossible. Yeah, and we, so, we what do you, so you would say, yeah, of course, go for it. That is the only time the information leaves your phone and goes up to the 
Amazon server. And by the way, the Amazon servers in Australia keep most of the government information right now. Mm -hmm. <coughs> All of ASIO's information is held on Amazon. Mm -hmm. All of the CIA's information is held on Amazon. But all these two-bit bloody, you know, experts, mm. oh, I don't want an American company having access to my information. Yeah. Guys, due respect, I don't care. They're not yeah. interested yet. I, I think yeah. some people yeah. see yeah. Amazon retail as well and draw a correlation between the two. It's a, it's a, Dave, it's, a, it's an exact example to me of the way of the future where humans and technology combined to do a better job. Mm. So we could either have a dozen people tied up for days trying to track the people who may have the virus as a result of you having it, or we could simply have an app that's kept a rolling 21-day history. Every 21 days, it just drops one off the end and adds another day, so there's only ever about 21 days' worth of contact. Mm. And all it does is when you are within 1.5 metres of someone, for 15 minutes, mm. could be on a bus, yep. for example. Yep. Um, it records that. Yep. Otherwise, it doesn't record a damn thing. And all it records... Is that you were there? Or the, is the device, the device details. Yep. No, it doesn't know where you were. Yep. It records that you were close Impossible. somewhere on the planet mm. to someone with this device number. They can then ring that person up and say, hey, perhaps you should go and have a test. Yep. End of story. I would say that those people that are listening from overseas would be quite heartened as to the approach that Australia has taken on in terms of um, if there was going to be an app of this nature, they've tried very much to protect civil liberties in as much as such a tracking device can. But I would say this, okay, um, and, and, and in accordance with all of that, it's, it's very difficult to say with the Australian app the way that it's presented and if we take everybody at face value and trust completely what everybody's saying it can't be a bad thing so in in terms of uh, in the technical in what it does is it the most effective way of making sure that we uh, can open up our economy more quickly uh, yes would the collateral damage economically uh, be worse than if we hadn't opened the economy more quickly? Uh, no, like there's only upside economically. Um, so all of those things, it, it ticks a, a whole range of boxes. But let's say now we've got, uh, and I think there was over 2 million downloads. So Rick, you're very much in the majority. The uptake for, for this app in Australia has been quite extraordinary um, and well beyond the government's own expectations of it when they decided, you know, last minute not to make it mandatory and made it voluntary. I think they're pleasantly surprised by Australia's response to it so far. So so that in Australia, I think they've done a, a pretty reasonable job. But let's, no, let's Dave, say... Dave, we've Dave, got you two, know what I would have done? I, I would have said... Download the app, mm. and, and if you've downloaded the app, when we take the brakes off the economy, you can do what you like. Everybody else, stay locked up forever, you peasants. <laughs> that would be my advice because really, with due respect to you, are they the sort of people we want driving our, driving our country forward? People who are so nervous about someone knowing that they were close to someone who had coronavirus? Well, I don't that's know. I don't know if that's, that's the same. So, so let let's go with that. Two, there's now two million, and let's say by the end of this, there's four million uh, adults walking around the country uh, with this yeah. app on their phone. And then, it, I wonder if it's easier to get four million people to download the app for this reason than any other. I think it is, um, and because it serves its function very well. And then after that that app morphs now we know that very easy to inbuild uh, technology that's already there um uh, so very very easy to for this app to morph and i wonder how quickly a new reason to deploy this app would emerge and perhaps that is like you said maybe it's a targeted uh, stimulus measure where they want to atta attack a particular region and say okay we need more people spending money in Dandenong um, because it's particularly depressed there so if people go and spend we'll give people 50 bucks to spend in Dandenong but they have to and that becomes the reason for the app or um, it could be let's release criminals from from prison a little bit early um, if they've been good prisoners as long as they've got the app we're going to be happy with that for instance but there's a whole range of reasons why a tracking app would be particularly useful in in governance in the government uh, it, that, of, of the nation so, yeah, it's, called, it's called Google, by the way, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So at the moment, people, that's voluntary. And so I think there's the fundamental uh, principle there of if something's voluntary um, and people choose so to partake in it. So is this. Yes, it is currently. Yeah, exactly. So, but but we, we, we know that these things can quickly evolve. We know that the government's intention was for it to be compulsory and they were caught on the back foot due to the backlash. Um, now, they might be somewhat heartened by the feedback that they've received and the numbers that have downloaded and might now choose, and probably with public sentiment on their side, to implement it more broadly or to force compulsory download, perhaps, maybe in the future. Now, the infrastructure's there my feeling is is that it won't so quickly disappear as quickly as it's appeared. No, it's not, that's not what the legislation says. No, it's not what the legislation says. No, that's, that is correct. And Dave, my point is that I just don't see how to get across to anyone. Mm -hmm. Twofold. Yep. It could all be done now. Well, if you don't want people tracking whatever, turn your, turn your phone off and leave it at home. Yep. Secondly, but then you don't have your phone with you. Well, you know, if you're so nervous about people knowing where you are, most I would want to ring you up. Because <laughs> you don't, because you don't sound like you've got much going on. <laughs> but think about the value of the data that you that you um um what's the word you gather every day. Mm. And what that data could do, planning new roads, planning new suburbs, planning the times when things are open and closed and whatever. Yeah. Massive amounts of data. I'm working with a, I'm working with um, uh, an app developed out of uh, SAMRI, South Australian Health and Medical Research Organisation. Yeah. This app allows you to go into it mm -hmm. and do a test on your mental health. Mm-hmm. It asks you a number of questions. It takes about 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling about yourself? How do you feel about this? What about that? What about that? Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And at the end, it gives you a bit of a score of where you're at. Mm -hmm. It then suggests to you a whole bunch of resources that might be able to help you. A yoga class, mm -hmm. sensible eating, whatever it might be. Yep. Go and see a psychiatrist. That data is never rolled up at an individual level. Yes. It's rolled up at a group, group level, so mm -hmm. an organisation can get a score of mental health within their organisation, within a particular division, within a location or whatever, mm. and then be armed to do something about it. This, this app, an app like this, mm. or this is based on, I should say, something the American Army have been using for some time mm -hmm. in relation to post-traumatic stress and tracking how mm. people are travelling on that front. Yeah. So, so, you know, there are lots of exa examples of things mm. that could be very useful because the same tracker mm. in the app would be telling us how much exercise you're getting. Mm. Um, so, it could be telling us what you're eating, whatever. You know, I, I, I only see upsides for gathering information because at the moment we make so many decisions based upon false information that people give us which isn't 100%. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll give you an example. With my, with my treating of cancer, mm -hmm. um, I say I eat this, I do this, I whatever, I whatever. Now, the only one who knows that I actually do what I say is me. Mm -hmm. So when people come along and say, oh, my brother did exactly what you did and he died of cancer, I say it's bullshit. Mm. But how do you know what I do? Yeah. How do you know what he did? Mm. I think the more information we have based on fact, the better. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we've got to trust someone. The good news for us is we live in a democracy. Mm. And so the chances are if people are misusing the information, we might boot them out and, and get someone in that will do something about it. Mm. And I, I think I think that there's a fundamental difference. Like I, I really don't see. I see democracy as being extremely fragile. It's relatively new, and it's extremely fragile. And it doesn't take. 
and we've seen this around the world, it doesn't take too much to, to knock it out of contention and for it to be supplanted with something much more oppressive. Um, so when you've got measures, and, and I think we, we extrapolated out there was all the ongoing benefits as, of having such an app in place. Um, but, and, and they're, they're undisputed, uh, that, that, that information is useful to the, to the right people. Um, there's no, no doubt. But when somebody's volunteering to be part of a program to improve their health and well-being, I think that's somewhat different to the government tracking your health in the event that you have too many milkshakes and hot dogs and then may, well, what's the counterance to that? Um, uh, Penalising you, restricting your income? To me, that's a, a big, big step forward. Well, this app is the infrastructure that implements a social credit scoring system or something similar and sounds very, very Orwellian to me. Yeah, um, you know, with due respect to Orwellian, it was about the future. Whatever, guess what? We're there. Mm. This is the future. I, I think it was about the moral dilemma that the future holds if we go down a, a certain path, and um, and and it's uh, and and this is the type of technology that was foreseen, um, where and and that enables the state or an authority to exercise greater control over the, the population. Do you think this app has that potential? Or not this app, but an we app of this te technology? With due respect to most of the population, it's probably needed. Because there's a lot of people out there, mate, that can't walk and chew gum at the same time, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, and they I all mean, get people, a vote I mean, as well. And, I mean, that, and, that, and there's an issue with our democracy, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> people, talk, people talk about Trump. Right, and I, and I think there's lots of what Trump does is good. I'm not, a, I'm not 100% supporter, but if it came to push and shove him versus the others in the States at the moment, I'd be voting for him. Mm. Um, but he got in based on the fact that 80% of Americans are not that bright. He just told them what they want to hear. Mm. You know, the massive amounts of Americans in the flyover states, they're the ones that are out there you know, buying up guns and, you know, going on the tack if they don't get loose, let loose from home. So, you know, I think there's a balance here somewhere. Um, yeah. Well, they're the very participants in the democracy that you exalt. And this, the, here, come, here in lies the dilemma, and I think it's one fundamentally of trust. We either trust that the population um, is... Uh, to an extent homogenous in its aspirations and values that it's not going to self-sabotage itself to its own destruction. I think that's the, the underlying principle. And then within that, if we can build in some civil liberties and freedom would be awesome. But uh, to me, um, the, this app is perhaps that, that step too far that maybe it's a gateway drug, maybe it's just making people um, comfortable. But for, for all of the rhetoric around people saying, you know, you've got a tracking device al already, it's one that the government finds very, very difficult to uh, to access. So, really, really, yeah. Well, in terms of um, it being uh, admissible in court, unless there's uh, un unless there's some co corroboration going on there, um, there's there's certain certainly there's it's it's not the same <laughs> of. of in making an agreement with a private company to being instituted by the uh, by the government or mandated by the government and made compulsory by the government. Um, do, 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 do you know what the, do you know what Facebook and Google and all the rest of them can do when you sign up for them? I bet you got no idea. Uh, I, I, how many how many people look at the agreement when you when you join all these various things? We yeah, just go, oh, yeah, we're going to do well. Of course we do. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I do. That's for sure. And. The, I mean, you, but, you, but are the, the, the you are the exception. You, you've taken the time. You understand it. Whatever. From what I'm seeing, most people out there have just gone, "Oh, that's the government You're cleaning information. They want to know where I am and what I'm doing. Whether I'm not doing that." Mm. that that's the that's the feedback from the. Um, well, you saw I ran a poll on a, on a website where mm. it was about. I think it's running at about seventy percent said yes, we download it. Yeah. And thirty percent said no. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I could I could pick the yeses and those pretty well accurately between those that are like me that just want to get on with things and don't see everything as being a problem, and the rest are the, a lot of them are the nanny status where oh, we don't do this because you know it's about change it's about stuff we don't understand mm. all those people who you know if people days after are saying I'll I'll do it if I get more information. Mm. Well, I mean, it's been coming at you left, right, and centre. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I think when you boil it down, and I think you, you, you touched on it earlier, it's very much a matter of trust. Um, do, we, do we trust our fellow citizens? Do we trust our government? Do we trust uh, technology? And, and I think when you've got 70% support, what you've got in this point is 70% saying, I trust the government, I trust the technology, um, I trust my fellow citizens to also perhaps download it or enough of them to download it so this is effective. So there's the trust wins the argument. Um, and I think that is somewhat to do with uh, it not being compulsory that there is a discussion around that, that there's been some degree of consensus built and that the government has done a, a fairly good job of uh, mitigating people's fears around uh, loss of civil liberties um, and a pretty reasonable job of explaining that here as well. So um, I in, fundamentally, you know, on, on the surface of it, I don't have a technical issue with the app. Um, and I thought I would come about some degree of uh, agreement with you around those issues where, where I don't um, agree with it and why I wouldn't likely be downloading it, although I'm still still open um, to it, but, uh, but why I'm unlikely to do it is that philosophical um, argument around, I think that the trust, um, it's not about the government not trusting the people, um, I think the people must be much more fearful of the government because it is the government that holds the resources and the ability to be able to change your life in a moment, whereas the people don't have the ability to change the government in a moment unless there's a, an election in our country. Um, but uh, there are plenty of countries around the world where they don't have that opportunity and we can see exactly what happens. And I would hate to feel that in those countries, the, these, uh, these types of apps lead to, and China comes to mind, but uh, a suppression... Um, and um, and ultimately uh, stops the freedom uh, and liberties of people being expressed in, in their own government, leading to a better life, uh, so people can enjoy the, the freedoms, liberties that we have for the most part in the Western world. So, yeah, I, so that, that's, that's where I fall down on it. But re I really appreciate your thoughts and, and I, 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 I think you've won me around to the technical argument and I think if I, I looked at it just from that perspective, I would be uh, downloading the app and I think you've probably won a few people over through the discussion today as well. Well, it's, well, it's pretty simple. I'll go straight back to the beginning that, that we've, uh, we're in an environment where we've given, we've given the government, for want of a better term, bunch of public servants, some of whom happen to be doctors, um, right to do whatever it takes to shut to do this thing. So they've done what they do best, avoid risk, shut things down, tell people what they can't do. And that's what governments are really good at in this in this country in particular. I mean, if you give all these rights, talking about to the public service of Australia, you know what they'll do? They go to lunch. Mm. Yeah. You know, they're not actually all that interested. Mm. Um so we're going from, we've got this shut down and, they, and they're loving it because it's an excuse for them to just not do a lot, <laughs> apart from have you told, you know, to do what we say and they get to run a press conference every day and, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, and the only way I see of convincing them that they should take the break off, and I think, I mean, as I... Look around, look around, ride around. I think the brakes are off. Mm. Um, I think we're about, um, my estimate, about 75% of normal at the moment with the number of cars on the road, people in the streets, yeah. people in shopping centres, etc. And I think they're just letting that happen. But, you know, at the end of the day, mm. if this app is what they want to go to the next level and they keep saying it's all about from here on in, if another outbreak comes out, we're able to trace it. Now, there was an outbreak that happened in Singapore. Singapore mm. had it under control. Not a lot of people downloaded the app in Singapore. Now, you would have thought in terms of uh, you know, civil obedience, Singapore would have been one of the first places right up there. Yeah. In, in the world to do it. Well, my friends who live in Singapore basically went, well, I don't, I don't think we need to download it because mm. it looks like we have it under control yeah. by the time the app came out. And then they had a massive outbreak uh, which has taken them or is taking them a long time to get under control. Now, that was brought about by the number of, um, of international workers they have and, uh, and the environments in which they live when they all live in very close quarters and whatever. Mm. But, I, but I, I guess that's the, that's the difference. So we've now got this thing that 
Well, there's now. I think we've now got more, more a, a bigger percentage of the population downloading mm. Australia probably than, than it did in Singapore. We've got this thing that just says, okay, if there is an outbreak, we'll be able to get on top of it. So let's give them what they want. Do, do you it's think? Keeping, do you think it's keeping nothing? It's keeping no information about it that you know I wouldn't want anyone to have. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't even know where I was. It just knows that at some point in time. I spent time in the company of someone who had the coronavirus. Now, mm. that'd be a good thing for me to know, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Isn't, isn't, there a, isn't there a benefit out of this thing that, that overwhelms any concerns, given that it, give, it provides no power to do anything? Yep. The, this particular app that we have here in Australia, it, it, if we trust the government and if we trust the information that's being provided is, um, is uh, the, the best of what I've seen out there around the world at this stage. And um, so um, in, in Australia, I hope that does serve as a model for other countries and, and perhaps uh, uh, those, those nations that are looking at um, more um, intrusive and invasive um, forms of tracking um, can, can learn a lot from this and people should be uh, talking to their elected uh, members about exactly that um, to ensure that uh, these things don't evolve and uh, become uh, something that in the future does track you know, all, all elements of your life um, without, your, uh, without your consent and, uh, and ultimately um, I don't think any real good of that can come because I, I do fear the tyranny of government um, and it does it, it, we are very very fortunate in this country but it does rear its ugly head in most countries and I just uh, fear that if such a thing was mandated we, we have we can see that once governments agree on one thing they tend to lock it in across the board and uh, and I don't think it would be uh, given the momentum of this concept so far I don't think we'd be too far down the path of uh, people in the next few months the vast majority of people having such an app uh, that's on their phone and then I doubt that uh, the government will be so keen for people to download it. And I do fear that they'll find other uses, some of which will be uh, overwhelmingly positive, like some of those that you've already touched on uh, today with respect to health monitoring, uh, mental and physical health. Uh, and, and you can see that there's large scope for this data collection, infrastructure, uh, building, all, all of those things are, are great. Could be, uh, they, that could be great for our society. But are we willing to give up a good road for our freedom or the, fu- or the freedom of future generations? I think that's the, the thing to balance off and people will make a judgment about that, I think. Or they'll just make a knee-jerk reaction based on a headline, which is what you've already suggested many have done. And I think that's the case as well. Well, mate, as long as, as, long as we doers don't get held back by the NIMBYs who don't want to do any bloody thing because, you know, something might happen, you know, mm. and... Don't get me started on 5G and all that kind of stuff. I mean, God, there's bloody lunacy going around there. Oh, on what, sorry, um, 5G? 5G. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got, I've got 5G on my phone. It's fantastic, and it's the way of the future, and we should never have put the NBN in because 5G was always going to be the answer. Yeah, anyway, right. Yeah, that's another that's another topic for another day. Yeah, we, we've got a we've got a, a anti five G anti chemtrail advocate in our neighbourhood that's uh, uh, taking uh, the effort to uh, uh, to spray paint, make people aware that five uh, G towers now are up in our neighbourhood. So we, we well, we've got an Alex Jones fan somewhere uh, locally here. So it's um and, well, and well, we'll do it if he wants someone to come around and, and help him, I'll come around and chain him to the tower. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's too, too concerned of the cancer risk um, to ever spend any, any length of time near one. Um, he would have been in and out. Um, but uh, yeah, look, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting one. And, um, and I think this is where, um, and you, you made a, 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 the comment earlier about, uh, you know, there are certain types of people that think certain types of ways and have a certain default um, in, in, uh, with respect to their disposition around some of these issues. And you do have those people that are very, uh, if, there's a, if there's a reason to tie it into their, their cluster of conspiracies, then uh, they'll, they'll e- readily find it and they're very, very difficultly uh, uh, extricated from that, uh, from that uh, web of thinking. Um, so, um, but, uh, you know... Dave, I, I just wish that we could develop more people who want to look for ways to do things than those who just want to find ways to do nothing because, unfortunately, that's 80% 
of the people out there who would just like to have everything happen and not have to do anything, give up anything, pay anything. They just think it should happen. I'd like more people to move in the 20% with people like us who are out there making things happen. Mm. Not necessarily agreeing, but looking at realism. I mean, the realism is I can't change what the government want to do. What's my next best thing? How do I get them out of the way as soon as possible? And that's my logic with this app. Excellent. I love it. I think we'll end it there, Rick. I think that's a, a wonderful okay. note to leave it on. I, I thank you so much for the conversation. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, and I think a great demonstration in uh, civil discourse, you know, very opposing views over quite a, a controversial subject. And I, I think it went well. Well, next time we might be able to promote my upcoming podcast, which is entitled Entre- Encore Entrepreneurs. Is it time for your second act? Excellent. So, uh, well, maybe let's just delve into it just slightly. So, this is an idea born about through uh, the uh, your experience and the experience of those that you see around you. A whole bunch of reasons. I'm doing it with uh, Mark Aston, who's a long term friend of mine and industry media. He's a broadcaster superstar in of yep. various days. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the purpose of the podcast really is uh, there's going to be between ten and twenty percent of people unemployed mm-hmm. at the end of this. Yeah. Um, some of them will go through post-traumatic stress. Mm. A few of them will go through post-traumatic growth. Mm-hmm. We want to reach out to them and say, hey, there are all sorts of ways here for you to capitalise on this. You can do the things you've always wanted to do. If you've been stuck in a job you didn't want to be in, here's your chance. If you've got some ideas you've always wanted to pursue, here's your chance. And some of the examples we'll use of, yes, people like me who've had cancer and experienced post-traumatic growth who just go, hey, I'm going to beat this thing and I'm going to get on with it and, you know, you stick your chemotherapy, I've got other things to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who think superstars in sport, uh, one of our early um, uh, interviews will be with Lydia Osilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Lydia was probably one of Australia's best Olympians ever, a gold medalist in uh, the Winter Games in aerial skiing, mm-hmm. who created a business um, while she was in recovery from a smashed knee on one occasion. So mm. she made that decision of, and, and, and most people have been at the heights of sport, when they get to the end of their career, they do go through a severe problem because their world changes massively. They're, they're, and they're really high-performing people. They're doers, as you would say. They've been getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning, training, discipline, yep. and then when there's no why at the end of that discipline, sometimes it can unravel very, very quickly for those people. But you're, you're looking at ways that you can redeploy that, that, that energy that they had before and apply a new discipline and perhaps apply that to the business world now. Absolutely. That's exactly what we're about. We're, we're about encouraging people now is me to do hey that door's closed here's my second act yeah. this is what i want to do and in the entrepreneur world uh, successful entrepreneurs are generally 45 or older mm-hmm. i mean all this time and money and effort that we including me mm-hmm. waste on creating supposed young entrepreneurs yeah <clears throat> only about 14 percent maybe less are ever successful the other 80 86 percent burn their mother and father's money and then have to go and find themselves something else to do. <laughs> and, and do you think that's because these people, they've, they've got a, a track record of success, but perhaps in a in a different field or uh, that they're um, uh, just, they've now got accumulated the knowledge and the skill set and maybe the emotional intelligence to, uh, to match their acumen and, and so now they're great candidates for that? Are, are they are these some of the traits that you see pop up? Well, what we're looking for is people who understand failure and success, but understand that failure is a stepping stone to success. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the kind of people who are going to make the next jump. Those that have gone, oh, well, you know, this is terrible, this is dreadful, um, they're not the right people. So we want people who <clears throat> have done okay because they've taken risks, they've taken chances maybe, mm-hmm. or those that have always said, if only, if only, if only, while they get pushed out the door, here's your chance. And in, for many of those people later in life, they've got the things that young entrepreneurs don't have and desperately need. They've maybe got some money behind them. Uh, they've got a network of connections. Mm. They've got life experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've got people out there that may trust them. Now, mm. the youngsters coming out fresh out of uni and starting businesses, yeah. 
and as you know, I mentor a lot. Yes, yeah. Uh, they don't have any of those things. They, I mean, many of them don't even understand what a customer is. Yeah. So, so that's where we're, and this is, you know, we're not, we're not pioneers here. There's plenty of people around the world that are preaching this. So we will talk to some of the, the people in the world who are doing big stuff in this area. We'll talk mm-hmm. to some authors of some great books, mm-hmm. and we'll also talk to people. Um, who've got experience at doing it, who are second act entrepreneurs. So, yeah, look forward to it. So that, that's awesome. So that, that you've, the podcast, um, is it up and ready as yet or we're still waiting for launch? We start, uh, we start recording this time next week and it will be up on the um, on the Ozcast network. We think within, um, certainly within two weeks is our, is our deadline and then we want to produce uh, uh, 12 shows and we want to do them weekly. Uh, because this is something we think um, is about looking at what comes out of the coronavirus. I mean, and, there, and there are so many people and stories that are doing that that are making great gains out of it. I'll, I'll give you one, one uh, quick example of a guy that I work with who had plans to release something this time next year and was on track to do it. Now, this is something that will be embraced by people who are spending lots of time cooped up at home. It's mm. kind of a Netflix. Yeah. So instead of going, oh, well, I've missed that opportunity, he's gone, okay, let's bring it forward 50 weeks. Hmm. Let's just make it happen and make it happen now. Wow. That, that's what we're looking for, people who can go, hey, this thing's actually created a whole new world, hmm. and, you know, around things like Zoom. And, you know, what, what we've gone through with coronavirus is the digital disruption we should have embraced five to ten years ago yeah we should have been doing teleconference video conferencing working from home DocuSign. all that stuff you know yeah. building new offices building new roads what a load of bullshit you know if people were dividing their time between their office and their home more and utilize different things we, we would actually end up better off i mean my, my belief is the co-working type space is where is how people will work in future they won't have offices they won't have their own buildings they yeah. won't have floors Yep. They'll work, they'll divide their time between home and other places. I mean, they're, 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 we'll develop a mobile uh, workforce that, and, and they won't be travelling to and from work nine to five, etc., etc. So, mm. you know, on, on the, if there is a coin that has on one side of it problem, you and I know on the other side it says opportunity. <laughs> Unfortunately, most people won't turn the coin over. And so this podcast and what you're doing there at Moonshots does help people turn that coin over if they're, if they're harbouring a, a, an idea or have always always had an aspiration. But uh, you're saying now's the perfect time to action that. Now's the time to get in contact with you down at Moonshots, have those conversations, find out where the right fit is and, um, and you can steer people in the right direction and help them with their second act. Well, we'll be running a, uh, a competition whereby you can uh, send us a two-minute video, maximum two-minute, pitching who you are and what it is you want to do. Hmm. And uh, we'll load each of those up on a YouTube channel. We'll vote on them every week and then have a monthly winner. And that monthly winner will get a Moonshot scholarship, which means mentoring with some of the best mentors, advice and support in raising awesome. money, whatever it may be. Uh, build a community around it. They don't need to be... Moonshots no longer is a building where people come to work. It's now a community of people all over the world, potentially, mm. who come there to work. Yep. And and who would have thought that was possible before the coronavirus? But such a vision is uh, now firmly in place as a result of the disruption that's just taken place. So well done to you, Rick, and well done to the Moonshots team. And uh, I, I really look forward to hearing the podcast and we'll make sure to promote it as uh, uh, when it's all launched. Okay, thank you, Dave. Good luck, mate. And uh, I, I just, you know, I, I know you being signed up to this app will make all the difference. I reckon, <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon we'll be back in operation, I reckon, within 10 days once you sign up. Excellent, excellent. You're saying I'm getting around or something. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. I appreciate it, mate. Thank, Take care. Thanks, Ben. Bye. Always good to talk to you, mate. Lovely Bye. chatting. Thanks, mate. Bye. 
Thank you again to everybody who's been tuning into the podcast. We've now had over 10,000 downloads. So if you're enjoying what you're listening to on the podcast, you certainly found a home here. So please stay tuned to more episodes of the Property Pulse podcast simply by subscribing now on the podcast provider of your choice. I'm Dave from Real and we'll look forward to bringing you more next time.